Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, good morning, Seacoast Vineyard family. It is good to have you. I hope you guys had a great Christmas and a happy new year. I spent Christmas in Gatlinburg, Tennessee with my family from all over the country, Colorado, Tennessee, Virginia. It was really an awesome time. Well, my name is Lauren, and I am a part of the preaching team here at the church, and it is such an honor to preach to you on the first day of the new year, because the first day of the new year is usually all about a fresh start. How many of you, with a show of hands, would say that you are so ready for a fresh start? Yeah, okay, so most of you are ready for a fresh start. Well, 45% of Americans step into their New Year's resolutions today. 45%. And so the goal of New Year's resolutions is to improve life in the coming year. A lot of times because we have been stuck in the previous year. And so a few years ago, I was in a season of life where I had a hard time saying no to things. Imagine that. And so the new year was approaching, and I was reading a book about boundaries. And so I decided, well, I'm going to set a New Year's resolution. I'm going to practice the art of saying no. Well, that year, I got really good at saying no because I was saying no to pretty much everything. And so being a recovering extremist... I decided to make a healthier, more well-rounded New Year's resolution the next year. So I decided to practice the art of saying yes. I got really good at saying yes that year. And let's just say I've settled on maybe. Maybe is a great New Year's resolution for me. And so maybe some of you are here today because you set yourself a New Year's resolution. Maybe some of you are stuck financially. And so you're wanting to start a savings plan. Maybe some of you are stuck in addiction. And so you're wanting to find freedom there. Maybe some of you are feeling a little stuck with your scale. And so you're wanting to actually use your gym membership. And maybe some of you are even wanting to meet last year's goals or the year before. Well, I bring forth really disappointing news because stats say that only 8% of Americans successfully achieve their New Year's resolutions. That's 8%. That's not a lot. Well, this past week, I came across an article that Forbes magazine released online, and it was titled this, Seven Secrets of People Who Keep Their New Year's Resolutions. I said, seven secrets? Well, I have to read it. And the psychologist who wrote the article claimed this. This is what he said. Achieving your goals isn't actually about willpower. It's about developing the right skills, executing strategies, and having the patience that leads to success. And then the last thing he said was this. He said, will 2017 be the year you join the elite 8%? And after reading this article, I felt like I had been duped. It was an article based on skills and strategies that, hello, need human strength and willpower to achieve. I felt like I just got more stuck after reading that. So this morning, we are not going to find freedom in a Forbes article. 
And we're not going to muster up enough human strength and willpower just to get us through to 2018. We are, however, going to find freedom and deliverance and change in the grace that Jesus freely offers us this morning. So turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Well, let's look at our text this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Or you can look at the screens as well. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Father God, we ask the blessing of the reading of your word today. Lord, I pray for the gift of teaching Jesus. I pray that we would walk out of this building changed, renewed, delivered people. That we wouldn't be the same person, God. And I pray for your Holy Spirit. We invite your presence to this place. And so in your strong and mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, most scholars agree that the book of Galatians was written about 50 A.D. That's about 15 to 20 years after Christ's death. And so Paul's intended audience are supposed to be believers, Christians who Paul thinks need to really relearn the gospel and apply it to their lives. Have you ever been so obsessed with a song you put it on repeat? Yeah, well, I did that just this last week with a song on Spotify, I'm not going to tell you which song it was, because I may lose half of you. But Paul did something similar here with Galatians. The first four chapters is like a song on repeat. Chapter after chapter, same sermon after same sermon. It would be like if Tim preached the same message to us week in, week out, just pounding the message into our heads, into our hearts. And then we get to chapter 5, and we see a shift. Someone say shift. We see a shift from argument to application. We see a shift from doctrine to practice. And so verse 1 here in Galatians chapter 5 is essentially a summary of the whole book of Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So if you're anything like me, you're probably asking the question, that's awesome. But what are we set free from? What are we set free from? Well, throughout the narrative of Galatians, Paul's call for freedom is the essence of the message for freedom. You see, the purpose of Christ's work was to set the Jewish people free from the curse of the law and to give Gentiles the same liberation by breaking their chains to disobedience and sin. So if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. Freedom depends on grace. Freedom depends on grace. All right, well, let me break down for you what grace is not. Grace is not legalism. Well, what is legalism? Biblically speaking, legalism is using morality or a command of God as a means of expressing independency or self-sufficiency. And legalism is setting standards worshiping those standards and thinking we are holy because of those standards uh, and then it's judging others on the basis of those standards you guys tracking with me okay legalism is really sneaky it's really sneaky and it's really tricky so for example i grew up on the chesapeake bay 
in Virginia with my family. My family loved fishing, especially, especially my dad. He loved to fish. And so I remember having the privilege as a kid, privilege, of putting the very alive worms on the fishing hook. And so I remember turning to my dad and I'd say, Dad, you do know that you have really pretty, plastic, colorful uh, fishing lures in your tackle box. We could use those instead of these really gross, smelly worms. Right, Dad? And my dad would say something like, oh, we'll get to those next. The fish love those too. And so I never understood why fish would be so stupid that they would actually think that the plastic fishing lure was the real thing. I mean, at least worms offered nourishment, right? The plastic fishing lures only offered death by pipe cleaner or feather. And so I never understood. And my dad taught me that fish could easily be duped if the plastic fishing lure resembled the real thing. And that, my friends, is what legalism is like. It so closely resembles the real thing. And the Pharisees in Jesus' day, perfect examples of legalism. They followed incredibly high standards, and yet they crucified Jesus. Their obedience to God didn't flow out of love and worship. Their Obedience to God followed out of their own celebration of discipline and strength. And so Paul, here in Galatians, is baffled. He's baffled. He's like, why would you trade grace for legalism? Why would you trade grace for the law? Well, my challenge for you is to go home and read the entire book of Galatians and notice Paul's tone. You'll notice his tone sounds very angry. Well, why is Paul so angry? There is a group of people in the churches of Galatia who were preaching a plus one gospel. They were saying, if you want to be saved, you must also be circumcised and follow the law of Moses. Their arguments were definitely impressive. But once Paul got word of this, he quickly wrote the book of Galatians, sent it to be read to the churches of Galatia. Paul's problem wasn't with circumcision. Paul's problem was the wrong motive behind the requirement of circumcision. And so these people were treating circumcision as a price they paid to God. They were trying to earn his favor. And so it it called attention to their religious ability and not to Jesus' work on the cross. Have you guys ever been angry? Nothing made Paul angrier than the religious nullification of God's free grace. And so the Galatian people then, and us today, we face an either-or decision. Do we make Christ our treasure in whom we find forgiveness, fulfillment, nourishment, life? Or do we look to a plus-one gospel? Law-keeping plus the gospel. Circumcision plus the gospel. Human ability, strength plus the gospel. We face an either-or decision. And so when you are trapped in legalism, one of the ways you can recognize it is the heavy sense of burden. You recognize it by the heavy sense of burden. And some of you in this room know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been trapped in this for a long time. You've been trying to earn God's favor for very long. 
for a long time. And perhaps every year you make a new resolution to God. You say, God, I have to read my Bible every day. And the voice in your head says, or God won't love you. You say, God, I have to witness to more people this year. And the voice in your head says, or God doesn't like you. You make a new resolution to God and you say, God, I have to pray for seven minutes a day because seven Well, I'm sure it's a holy number, and it's got to be your favorite number, right? You set standard after standard. And if only I could live better, pray longer, work harder, I could get on God's good side. And eventually, we find ourselves in more bondage, more spiritual slavery, more oppression. Year after year, again and again. Well, remember the first half of Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's beautiful. That's true. We could end the sermon on that note. Paul doesn't end it there. Paul finishes verse 1, and he says this. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Stand firm then, and do not give in again to the yoke of slavery. Well, what does that mean again? Like, has this already happened before? Well, the Galatians were once pagans who were under the slavery of idolatry. And so Paul, he's making an argument here. He is saying that biblical moralism and idolatry are basically the same thing. They boil down to the same spiritual slavery. And so when Paul says, stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery, he's saying, don't let them trick you into thinking that the plus one gospel is what God wants. That is a cycle. That's a cycle of oppression. That's a cycle of spiritual slavery. And sometimes when I'm operating out of the law, I feel a heavy sense of fear. I feel fear. And it feels as if God doesn't desire me unless I pray a little longer or give a little more. And then the voice in my head says, that wasn't enough, Lauren, and that certainly wasn't good enough. Whoa. (laughs) That's the plastic fishing lure talking. That's the plastic fishing lure talking, luring me into thinking that I can earn God's approval, God's desire if I pray a little more, give a little more. And guess what? It's saturated in fear. It's saturated in fear. So how do we get unstuck then? How do we truly live a lifestyle of freedom? Well, ask yourself today. What is your motivation, your root motivation? Does fear motivate you into legalism? Or does love motivate you into freedom? Because a few verses down in chapter 5, Galatians 5, 4, implies that the key to freedom is depending on Jesus' grace. That means that's God's action. That's God's rescuing in our lives. That's not ours. That's not what we did. That's not what we do. And thankfully, that's not what we will do. Amen? 
Jesus was Operation Liberation. He was sent on a freedom mission from the Father. And so Paul wants to show us that we don't obey God under a burdened, enslaved motivation. We obey God because it's gospel freedom. It's gospel freedom. It's an internal process of transformation. So do people see the Holy Spirit activated in your life? Are you loving? Are you generous? Do you love God's people around you? Because when we say yes to Jesus, we are saved from hell. That is true. But if that's the only message you received, you got sold short. Because when we say yes to Jesus, we are saved from hell, but we are saved for something. We are saved to something. We are set free to love the living God, the one who has paid the price. And we can turn our affections to him. And we can love his people freely. And so let's bring it real practical to this room today, right here, right now. For those of you who call Seacoast Vineyard, this church home, I have some questions. Is church here for you? Or have you been sent here to help serve the church? That's two very different ways of seeing it. You know what fear says? When fear is speaking, when you're motivated by fear, it says you're here to consume. It's about what you get out of it. And the enemy wants you to be in a posture of fearful consumption. Well, you know what love says? Love says, how how can I serve? How can I love these people that God so deeply loves? How can I help? Do you see the difference? Love motivated out of gospel freedom, that is true radical freedom. And so for those of you, who are here for the first time. Maybe someone invited you today. Welcome, we're glad you're here. Maybe you've been coming here for a while and you're asking some solid questions. And so I want to challenge you today as well. I want to ask that you don't just ask yourself, will 2017 be the year you join the elite 8%? I want to ask you to go a little deeper than that. Ask yourself, will 2017 be the year that I walk in gospel freedom? Will 2017 be the year that I walk in love? Will 2017 be the year that I walk in spiritual freedom? And those questions, we should all be asking those questions, that we would walk in freedom. In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Father God, some of us in this room, we feel stuck. We feel either stuck in fear. We feel stuck in legalism. We feel stuck in spiritual slavery. We feel stuck in oppression. We feel stuck in bondage. We're motivated out of fear. And there's some areas in our life that we need spiritual freedom. There's areas in our life that we want to walk in freedom. 
And so if that's you, if you're here today and you're saying, I feel really stuck, I want to ask you to do something really bold. I'm going to ask you in a few moments to stand to your feet so that I can pray for you, so that those around you can pray for you. Because you can't do this alone. You can, it won't last very long. And so if there's an area of your life that you feel stuck, you're motivated out of fear perhaps, and you want to be motivated out of love, you want to experience this gospel freedom, I want to ask that you would stand to your feet now so that we can pray for you. And if you've been a seasoned Christian for a long time, it's okay. I feel stuck sometimes too. And so if you're a vineyard person, would you go up to someone who is standing and stand with them and pray? Start praying for them and with them. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, guys. We won't be standing alone for long. We're all going to be eventually standing. Yeah, Jesus, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you so want to quench us with love and grace and forgiveness and fulfillment and life, Jesus. I pray that your gospel freedom would quench us in a new way. God, that we would walk out of this building changed people, renewed people. God, because we've been stuck for too long and we don't want to stay stuck. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free so that we don't have to again and again be stuck. We thank you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. We give you our day. We give you this time. We invite your presence here. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. You can learn more about us and access a video archive of our messages by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel led to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or download the PushPay app on your smartphone and search for Seacoast Vineyard Church.